It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week. It might be the offseason for the Carolina Panthers, but there is no offseason for the Locked On Panthers podcast. Well, I guess technically we go into offseason mode like in June and July, but either way, continuing to have episodes every Monday through Friday. So make sure to keep it locked right here on Locked On Panthers. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify and all of the other major podcasting platforms out there. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, or every single Friday throughout the offseason. I'm going to be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Season might be over. It doesn't matter. Still going to be answering your questions every single Friday, unless it's a holiday. So get those questions into me right now by either adding me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. Make sure to first follow me at Julian Council. First off, apologies for getting out the Monday episode of the pod late. I had recorded it on Sunday night, and this is why I hate when they have 425 games because everything just gets pushed back. I had a nice rhythm of the 1 o'clock games, watching the press conferences, having everything out recorded by 6 p.m. I liked it that way. It was easier for me. But yesterday, for whatever reason... When I recorded the episode, had some sort of issue with the audio when I recorded, at least when I listened to it on Adobe Audition. And then I go back and look at it today, and this audio was fine. So now it's been uploaded. So took some time. I don't know what the hell happened. It was weird, but I got it out there. I did not want to have to re-record the same podcast episode. It was about 10 o'clock by the time I was done with it. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I- I'm sick of this team. I hate this team right now. And I don't want to give the same opinion I just gave to myself while recording for y'all not to be able to listen to it because it was bad when it first came out. So I don't know what happened, but uh, either way, we're here and we're thriving. Well, we are. The Panthers, unfortunately, did not thrive this year as they finished the season at 5-12 and with a 41-17 shellacking at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are now the number two seed in the NFC as they hope to repeat as Super Bowl champions in the next couple of weeks with Tom Brady. But that's not of our concern. We have plenty of concerns here in Carolina about what's going to happen now. Matt Rule is here in Carolina to stay for at least one more season, it looks like. There was a Jake Laser report that I talked about briefly on Monday's episode that came out on the Fox pregame show about Matt Rule needing to hire a rock star OC, and if he does not do that, then he could potentially still lose his job, which is weird. When talking to the media on Monday, 
Matt Rule with the exit interviews, a ton of players talk to the media, and we'll get to those today and throughout the rest of the week as there's plenty of guys who spoke who have stories to be told and stories that we'll have the conversation about later on this week that don't necessarily need to be talked about like right now, like Dante Jackson, Hassan Reddick, what happens to them moving into free agency. We'll get into that. That's just not going to be the focus of today's show. I want to focus on Matt Rule, what Scott Fitterer had to say, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, like the headliners. We'll talk about those guys on today's episode. But the key question now that Matt Rule is here to stay is, is that the right decision for the Carolina Panthers and David Tepper, who right now, as of Monday, 4.50 p.m., as I'm recording this, you're listening to this on Tuesday, whenever you listen to the show, he has not spoken to anyone. David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers owner. I imagine that at some point, This week, maybe today on Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, that he will speak to the media and he will offer us some sort of insight or put out a statement, I don't know, to why Matt Rule is still here in Carolina. But is that the right decision? That's what everyone wants to know. And most of you out there, at least that are active on social media, are not into Matt Rule coming back here to Carolina. There are plenty of fans who are vocal with their distaste and displeasure of what has gone on over the last couple months, especially because going to the year, I think there's plenty of people who believed in Matt Rule. Now, there's people now who are going to pretend like they never believed in Matt Rule, which is funny how that, that kind of works out because these are probably the same people who are going to tell you they never believed in Sam Darnold. But then under Twitter bios, we're talking about how they're the number one Sam Darnold stand. Now they want him out of town. And that's the same thing. You got guys who make Matt Rule fake Twitter accounts who now hate Matt Rule. The fickle nature of fans. It's just not, you know... It doesn't only happen in Charlotte, it happens all over the place. We are not special by any means when it comes to the fickle nature of fan bases and, you know, what have you done for me lately? And that's how we operate here in American sports and in the National Football League. You look at Brian Flores down in Miami. I don't know the insides of the situation and why the owner, Stephen Ross, decided to move on from Brian Flores. There's the rumors that Stephen Ross, who's a Michigan alum, fancies Jim Harbaugh and would love him for him to come coach in the NFL there if he's actually interested in the Raiders' job. Now, Rich Bisaccia, the interim for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, has got that team to the playoffs. So maybe he keeps that job. I don't know what Mark Davis wants to do out there in Las Vegas. I don't really care. But there's maybe the, the reason, at least some of the reporting was, that there was some issues in terms of the relationship with Tua Tungavailoa, the first-round draft pick quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and uh, Chris Greer, the general manager, and Brian Flores, that it just wasn't maybe a tenable situation anymore. But that's a guy who I know can coach football. The Dolphins got off to a horrendous start this year. Started off 1-7, and seven, then they win seven straight games. They beat New England on Sunday. They finished 9-8. and eight. He's won 19 games over the last two seasons, and he no longer has a job after three years in Miami. In his first year, the joke was the Dolphins were tanking for Tua and that they were intentionally trying to go 0-16, and they started off poorly. But then one, like I don't think went 5-4 and four to finish the season, which was actually pretty impressive, and I believe one of their wins was on the road against the New England Patriots that forced New England to actually play on wildcard weekend where they then lost to the Tennessee Titans, and that was the final game Tom Brady ever played for the New England Patriots. Brian Flores is available, and you wonder, how is Brian Flores not coaching the NFL right now? Matt Rule, after a 5-11 start in a 5-12 season where they were 3-0 and and then losing this final seven games of the year, how he is still here in Carolina. And is it the right decision? Matt Rule understands that they have plenty of issues. He brought it up. We know what our deficiencies are. We are 30th in the NFL in offense and second in defense. That has to change. 
obviously it has to change. They have to get better quarterback play. They have not gotten that over the last two years, but especially this season where it was atrocious with Sam Darnold being the starting quarterback. And even when P.J. Walker and Cam Newton came in, things weren't much better. And that's not to throw those guys under the bus, especially Cam Newton, who I love that Cam came back, that he gave it one last ride, and he tried to do what he could do to learn his offense on the fly. It just did not work out. And to watch in the last two weeks only play two snaps was just sickening, but I would rather him not play than watch him be reduced to a gimmick quarterback, which Cam Newton said, I have a lot more skill than just being a short yardage goal line kind of guy, which I agree. Is he good enough to win a team a Super Bowl anymore? I doubt that at this point in time, but I do believe Cam Newton in the right situation could have success, but it does not look like that's going to be here long-term in Carolina. What is Matt Rule's long-term here in Carolina? Does he have a long-term? Like I've been an advocate, I guess, of Matt Rule. I've been an advocate of Matt Rule getting a third year. Do I have a ton of confidence in Matt Rule's ability to turn things around here in Carolina? Not necessarily. I pointed to the fact that they were able to turn on around, turn around the defense and they've allocated those a, those assets to fix the defense and to build the defense over his first two seasons here in Carolina and look where they're at. Now they need to probably get a little bit thicker on the defensive line that Scott Fitterer brought this up on Monday when speaking to the media that they need to be better on both lines of scrimmage, that you cannot win in this league unless you can control the line of scrimmage. And Matt Rule said the same sentiment for the Carolina Panthers. Like If they don't fix that, they ha- don't have a shot in hell. But you cannot win at a high level unless you have a quarterback. And Matt Rule has botched the quarterback decisions the last two off seasons. And Scott Fitterer certainly has to um, take some of the blame there. And David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, has to make take the ultimate blame considering he's the owner and he's a very active participant in all of this. And he is the man who decided that Matt Rule is a program builder and he was going to give him a third year. Hopefully his patience pays off. Because there's a lot of folks here in Carolina who are not happy about the situation going on with the Carolina Panthers. And aren't going to be excited. Well, look, and and it's easy to say this on January 10th or 11th that people aren't going to be excited when the season starts. We have to see what's going to happen in the next couple weeks and months. The NFL sells hopes better than anybody else. This this fan base got excited to watch Sam Darnold play football this year. So I have a hard time believing that folks aren't going to be excited next season when it comes August. They get down to Spartanburg for training camp for Carolina Panthers football. We all get upset about the football team, and we don't want to watch them play after they struggle, especially the last seven weeks and how things go. But come April, come May, when the draft happens, and they get some of these guys that you like and you're excited about the future, you'll be right back in here sucked in. If they're if you're not, then that's where the real problem is. So is it the right decision to bring back Matt Rule? I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe that a coach should be thrown out after three years like Brian Flores, especially when you have – two successful seasons like he's had the last two years in Miami. Now, this one is pretty much derailed by the fact that they start off one and seven. Once you do that, put yourself in that kind of hole, no matter if you win seven games in a row or not, and you sweep the Patriots, you just can't put yourself in that kind of hole. But still, I just don't think after three years that coaches should be gone. Vic Fangio, he pointed out how he never had a quarterback. Was that Vic Fangio's fault or was it John Elway's fault? Was it George Payton's fault, the new general manager, for not getting him the quarterback talent available in in, in that division where they could win against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, who was awesome on Sunday Night Football, and Derek Carr, who had a great season. There's so many things that need to to happen. Matt Rule is not one of those situations where he doesn't make the personnel decisions because he does make the personnel decisions, which makes it harder to believe in Matt Rule moving into a third year. I hope things work out absolutely because I want the Carolina Panthers to win. And we'll get into Cam Newton's comments. 
he talked about that the Carolinas, Charlotte, that South Carolina, North Carolina, are owed sustained success when it comes to this franchise. And we were promised sustained success in this process and the brand and all that Matt Rule was going to bring and do here in Carolina. He tells us that he's sure, a thousand percent sure that the process is working. And we hear from his lieutenants like Jeff Nixon that it's going to work. It's working. We listen to guys like Dante Jackson who say it's working. We, we trust Matt. Sam Darnold saying that. Hassan Reddick, Robbie Anderson, the formal Temple guys and Baylor guys being like, it works. It's going to work. We're going to turn it around. Well, we'll find out. And it all starts right now. Find an OC, get the right quarterback, and then we'll see how things move on. Now, speaking of the quarterback position, Sam Darnold had a terrible year. We all know that. But there seems to be a level of sentiment, at least right now in mid-January, that Sam Darnold could get another opportunity here in Carolina next season. Should he? We'll get into that in just a moment. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Life changes are exciting and they usually have tax implications. Maybe you were a full-time employee who decided to freelance and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor. Maybe you started driving right here after your nine to five job, or maybe you work in one state but live in another and you need help reporting your income. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all your tax questions and finding every deduction for you. And you can talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. Whether you got married, had kids, or changed careers, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get you the best tax outcome. To TurboTax Life experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We knew it back in March that the Carolina Panthers, or April, whenever it was, that the Carolina Panthers were making a calculated risk when they decided to trade a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick to the New York Jets for the services of Sam Darnold. And we knew they were making an even more calculated risk when he decided to exercise Sam Darnold's fifth-year option of giving him a guaranteed $18.858 million for the 2022 season. Whether he was on the roster or not, Sam Darnold is going to be a very rich man because of that. Now, that was one of the questions and one of the that was asked to Matt Rule and to Scott Fitterer about the decision to pick up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option after he struggled mightily this season. Now, got off to a decent start, 3-0, and looked good, looked comfortable. I did tell you at that point in time, while giving him credit, I was seeing a few things that were concerning and wasn't quite sure whether it was real. And I, as y'all know, was very skeptical of the whole move. I figured the Carolina Panthers would be in this position after the season, 
likely looking for a new quarterback, and that quarterback not being Sam Darnold. Nine touchdowns, the 13 interceptions, multiple fumbles, had five rushing touchdowns, was able to show that prowess early on in the season. But overall, things did not go great for Sam Darnold. And the thought process was under Joe Brady, who is no longer here in Carolina, and with these weapons where Christian McCaffrey was out for the majority of the season, and Robbie Anderson regressed, and a guy who he had played with in New York had a terrible season after having a career year last year, leading the team in receptions, having over 1,000 yards with Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback. We pointed it to all these things that would help Sam Darnold, and under Matt Rule, who met Sam Darnold when he interviewed for the Jets job, that things would be better for Sam Darnold here in Carolina. But that's not the case. And one of the reasons why you can point to it is the state of the offensive line was terrible. Matt Rule brought it up that if you want to win, instead, he said, until we can control the line of scrimmage, it's going to be hard for us to win. We have to win up front. Scott Fitterer brought it up, talking about how that's going to be the number one priority heading into the free, into free agency in the offseason. They have to fix the offensive line. So no matter who's back there, whether it's Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, whatever quarterback they're able to get, if they're able to get someone – that they can have success. So Sam Darnold was asked about this. Was he put in position to have success here in 2021? He said yes. And I'll give him credit. Sam Darnold at no point in his career, at least since he's been here in Carolina and even knowing back in his time in New York, has he ever thrown anyone under the bus? He has plenty of reason to want to blame everyone else except for him. He had Adam Gase as a head coach in New York. Todd Bowles was fired after his rookie season. Never had really great protection on the offensive line. Didn't have great weapons. Didn't have a running game. He has had every reason. He was also employed by the Jets. And now there's questions about the ownership here in Carolina and David Tepper. He's He's never been in a great situation, but he's also never played well. And maybe, yes, maybe. And I understood we had a conversation yesterday about Tony Romo and what he said on the broadcast on CBS about Sam Darnold and behind this offensive line giving him time as a young quarterback and that sentiment. I understand where he's coming from. I also understand that he's never played well and he has not shown enough promise, in my opinion, to receive the amount of excuses and grace that he's been given by some of these analysts. Now, yes, Tony Romo knows more about football than me. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know more about playing a quarterback position than Tony Romo. But we also have a lot of these guys become apologists. Mark Sanchez, who also failed in the NFL as a starting quarterback, but won in New York, unlike Sam Darnold, was sitting back there a couple weeks ago just grimacing as he's watching his fellow USC Trojan get beat up late in the game, wishing that Cam Newton instead could go take those hits, as if Cam Newton hasn't taken enough shots in his career and sacrificed enough for this Carolina Panthers organization, especially an organization that treated him the way that they did two years ago on the way out. But as far as as Sam Darnold goes, yes, he did not have the greatest situation at times this season. I get that. But you have to be able to overcome these things. And that's why I just have a hard time believing the Carolina Panthers can move forward with Sam Darnold. There is a piece of me that believes that if Matt Rule, now he's coming back, and that they made a decision to bring Sam Darnold, that he should be their starting quarterback. That Matt Rule should be told, and this coaching staff should be told, coach him up. You decided to go get him after we got rid of Teddy Bridgewater, which that was an edict from the top from David Tepper, but that's the guy you, you brought in here. You hand him the fifth-year option because you thought, all right, fifth-year option, it's going to be $22 million over two years. If he has one good year then and we don't pick up the fifth-year option, then he's going to cost a ton of money, whether you want to franchise tag him or sign him to a long-term extension. So let's make it easier on us by doing two years, 
11 million dollars on average per year which is very low it's on the it's it's less than what they were paying teddy bridgewater um in his year his annual contract we here when he signed in carolina so it made sense fiscally when it came to what they wanted to do and matt rule talked about it and he's been just getting killed for it because matt rule has a bad he's not very good at communicating what he what he's trying to communicate he's not great at the press conferences that's why i've said for the people i really don't really care what he says all that much um, I really care about more what he does when it comes to him as a coach of the Carolina Panthers. Scott Fitter did a better job of explaining it, just talking about how they wanted to show confidence in Sam Darnold and that they had already given up the assets of the second, the fourth, and the sixth round pick. And I had talked about, it, like, if you're going to give up the assets, then you pretty much need to pick up the fifth-year option because then you just throw away three picks for a guy who's only going to be here for one season. That doesn't make any sense. And Scott Fitter did say that Sam Darnold would be back next year. So $22 million over two, two years, $11 million is not terrible. The problem is it's just how the money split up. It goes from being $4 million cap hit this year to $18 million cap hit for a player who in all likelihood is going to be the Carolina Panthers' backup quarterback. That's the issue. It's not necessarily the money overall over these two years. It's how much of it is going to be put onto the cap here for the 2022 season. And Scott Fitter also said they have to be creative in working around Sam Darnold's cap hit and trying to bring someone else but it's not as prohibitive as it would have been had they had a 30 million or 40 million dollar cap hit for a starting quarterback so they're at least I understand where they were coming from even though I don't like the situation that they're in and they absolutely do deserve criticism but should Sam Donald receive another opportunity no I get it yes he's a young player and I remember telling y'all that Jake DeLone was on CBS Sports Radio a couple of months back and talked about how when he was a quarterback, how they had how he had time to grow and develop. Now, he wasn't a first-round pick, but these guys had time in the past to grow and develop, and it wasn't just like, all right, after one season, you're done. Like Josh Rosen, not very good, but did he ever really get a fair shake in the National Football League as a starting quarterback in Arizona? I don't think so. Drew Locke, second-round pick, not very good, but did he really ever get enough of an opportunity in Denver to prove that he was a guy? I personally don't believe so. You could even question whether Sam Darnold got enough of an opportunity in New York. I was someone who really did believe that the Jets having two first-round picks, why not just work around the guy that you already have there? Opposed to getting a younger player who has no experience in the National Football League and throwing him in, in the same situation and, and hoping that sticks. New coaching staff makes sense. New general manager who in Joe Douglas who didn't draft Sam Darnold. But oftentimes, these quarterbacks just don't get an opportunity to have success in the National Football League. But for me, it's just it's been four years of bad tape. And it's just not four years. Like, I watched this guy back in college. Looked great his first year as a starter. First full season as a starter, the turnover issues. And that's the biggest thing for Sam Darnold. He talked about how he has to work on his fundamentals this offseason with his quarterback coach. He's going to take some time to relax and to get back and to hopefully mentally recharge. I can only imagine how draining it is for that guy. Like He doesn't show a ton of emotion. He seems to be a pretty even keel, Cali cool kind of dude. But you know it's got a weight on him to have had his ass kicked for four years in the league and for things not to have been necessarily as good as they could have been in terms of the situations that he was in. But you that's the card that he was dealt. And not everyone in life is going to be handed, be born on third base and be handed the great situations. You have to overcome those situations. And it's a life lesson that you can get from football. And so far throughout his football life in the National Football League, Sam Darnold has not done a good job of overcoming these situations. But overall, for me, it's not just that. It's that 
David Tepper talks about winning a Super Bowl. Do you believe that Sam Darnold is going to win a Super Bowl for anybody in the National Football League? If you don't think that he's that guy, and David Tepper told this to us 13 months ago, you have to be in constant pursuit of that quarterback. If you don't have that guy, you got to go get that guy. I don't think the Carolina Panthers have that guy on their roster in Sam Darnold. So if that's the case, then he has to go. I will bring, I'll, I'll mention this, though. Scott Fitterer did talk about when talked about Sam Darnold and the quarterback position that they're not going to just force a quarterback in here. They want to build things the right way. They want to go piece by piece, brick by brick. And if they can find a player that can help them, then they'll make the deal. They'll try to treat their draft picks like gold. That's what he said, even though it doesn't really feel like they're treating him like gold. The Gilmore one he brought up about, okay, you know, it's a guy who can help us now, but it's also a guy who's probably gone. And then C.J. Anderson, it's for the future. It's also a guy who hasn't shown too much promise so far. And in the Sam Darnold situation, getting rid of those draft picks. Now, they were able to recoup the fourth and sixth. The second so far right now, as of January 10th or 11th, whenever you listen to this episode, they have not done that. So he won't force the quarterback decision, and Sam Darnold will be back here next year. So there is certainly a chance and a possibility where Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback here in Carolina. For his sake, I hope it happens. For our sake, I hope it doesn't happen. I've seen enough Sam Darnold over four years to know that he is not the guy in the NFL. Now, if he can cut down on the turnovers, that would certainly help because that's been his biggest problem. But I just don't see him being able to elevate a roster enough to the point where they can hoist a Lombardi trophy one day. I don't think he's going to be leading a a parade down trade and try on. If that's the case, then I don't think he should be the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback in 2022. But I also hope that they don't overreach and then put themselves back in a similar position next year trying to find a new quarterback in 2023. And if that's the case, they'll also be hiring a new head coach and the rebuild will continue here in Carolina. So we talked about Matt Rule. Talked about Sam Darnold. What about Cam Newton? What's his future here in Carolina? Cam talked to the media on Monday. We'll get into what he had to say and more in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use your promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't already know, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to give betters the edge throughout the playoffs for providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets smarter than ever. OnlineGambling.com provides the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day, inspiring every better in the world to beat the odds. Make sure to visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest betting news, tips, and odds to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. When I saw Cam Newton at the podium on Monday, I felt like some boys to men should have been playing because I'm just trying to figure out how 
are we going to be able to say goodbye to Cam Newton once again? Because that seems to be where things are headed. Now, they've said all the right things in terms of the Carolina Panthers brass, that being Matt Rule, who said that he had he thought it was so valuable to have Cam Newton back and that he would love to coach Cam Newton forever. Now, he never talked about how he would want Cam Newton to be a starting quarterback and how he could be the franchise for him and that he could still win games in the National Football League under Matt Rule. He never talked about that. He did talk about the mentorship and the leadership of Cam Newton and him coming in every day and working hard and being someone who he could point to and tell players, the young guys, that's who you want to aspire to be like. That's how hard you have to work to have success in this league. And there is value in that. And Scott Fitterer talked about it as well that he's open to the idea of bringing back Cam Newton if the right situation arises. And Scott came from Seattle and we have we have the conversation how people have these preconceived notions about who Cam Newton is that they think he's a selfish guy that he's lazy doesn't work hard throws his teammates under the bus that could not be further from the truth first one in last one out not selfish has always been a great teammate you saw that on Sunday played one snap the last two weeks played two snaps combined and what was Cam Newton doing the whole time cheering on Sam Darnold cheering on this team keeping up the energy level, that man is different. And he's someone that we all should love and cherish here in Charlotte. And thanks so much for what he's been able to do for us here in Carolina. And it sucks so much that in this second go around, at least for us fans, and I'm sure for him personally in terms of, well, maybe not per, maybe not personally, but as a competitor, it has to stink that he didn't get an opportunity as a starter to win more games. They didn't win more games here in Carolina when he came back. Those are some fun 10 days. We talked about it when he came back to Carolina, what happened in Arizona's first few touches for touchdowns, and then the return back home against Ron and Washington and the, the rushing touchdown, the way he played in that game. And I was just thinking, man, if this can be Cam Newton every week for the next six weeks, this guy can be back here. He can be our starter, our franchise quarterback, moving forward, but that's not how it played out. I think in part because obviously the offensive line's terrible. He's trying to learn the playbook. The offensive scheme sucks. The players that weren't available, like Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson not playing well, even though he played better once Cam showed up. But also, I just don't know if Cam is there anymore in terms of being that guy. And I hate to doubt the man because anytime anyone's ever doubted Cam Newton, it hasn't really worked out. Well, up until recently, things haven't worked out in his favor. But I love Cam Newton. I love everything he's done um, for the city, whether it's just been the winning, just philanthropically, um, just being that kind of guy who has just been able to galvanize his fan base. Because he talked about it on Monday when he first came here. We see a lot of Cowboys and Redskins, formerly Redskins and Steelers stuff. And now you walk around Charlotte's predominantly Carolina Panthers. Now, of course, there's all these transplants who are trying to paint our city and Buffalo Bills nonsense and all these other teams. They still take over the stadium and all that. We have those issues. But those issues occurred now that Cam's gone and that the team has been struggling. But he really changed the culture here in Charlotte. And for that, I'll always be thankful. And I wish him the best of luck. And he said it on Monday. He's glad he came back and he was able to get some closure. And it was meaningful for his life and career to come back here to Carolina for one last opportunity to wear that number one, to be part of this, this organization and to remind people what keep pounding means. He doesn't know what the future is for him though. 
And, you know, it's hell. He's been asked this question 18 hours after the season ended. And it's like, what's next? I was like, I, I don't know. You could ask anyone really a lot of times what's next in their life a day after. I mean, I'll just ask some random days like, hey, what's next? I, I don't know. I don't know what's next. He says he has a lot of football left in him. He believes that he is more than just being a gimmick red zone threat, which I believe. And I, again, I'll, re, I'll say it. I hate, I'm happy that they did not play him a lot the last couple of weeks because I don't want to watch Cam Newton be reduced to that after watching him be Superman. And maybe it frustrates you that you didn't get to see all of them, but you want to see more of them. I don't want to see it. If Cam Newton's not going to get to be the starter, he's not going to be able to go out and ball out here in Carolina, then I don't want to see Cam Newton here because I, I have too many good memories, and Cam Newton deserves so much more from this organization than to be put into that kind of a role. So that's how I feel about that. But he says he would like to still play football under the right conditions. What are those conditions? Well, it's not with the 5-12 and 12 football team, which the Carolina Panthers are. And you have to understand, it's a two-way street. Like The Panthers have to want him back, and Cam Newton has to want to be back here in Carolina. He loves being here in Charlotte, loves his organization, loves his city, but he don't want to lose. And Cam Newton's sick of losing because all he's done since 2018, when everything fell apart in the second half of the season, is lose and watch his team fall apart and lose. And I don't think he wants to do that. He even went to New England, didn't win that year. And now without him this year, they're going to the playoffs. And how long they're there, we'll find out. And was it are they only in the playoffs because they got rid of Cam Newton? I don't believe that. I think Cam still could have had success there and maybe that they're sitting there in the playoffs right now. I don't know. But I want more for him. And I think more for wanting more for Cam means wanting him out of Charlotte because he needs to go to another situation where hopefully he can have success. Especially if you're someone who doesn't believe in Matt Rule. If you don't believe in Matt Rule, why would you want Cam Newton to waste away here under Matt Rule? So he said also that he would be willing to go to a situation where he's not really playing as long as he's winning. Because he's only all he's only been all about winning. The money, he's got plenty of it. Never was about, about the money. It was all about winning. We've known that from day one that Cam Newton is the ultimate competitor. He wants to win. And also being the ultimate competitor is probably a guy who doesn't want to go in there and play garbage time against the Buccaneers. And also a couple weeks ago against the Buccaneers. Both, both situations. I don't. He's not the kind of guy who wants to do that. So we'll see. He also brought up that he doesn't think that everyone bought into the team's identity and that there's been a a lot of talk about what the offensive philosophy was and what this team's identity was. Matt Rule talks about the process and the brand. What, what exactly is that? The identity of the Carolina Panthers is Sam Mills. It's the it's keep pounding. It's the Cam Newtons. It's the Luke Keekleys. It's it's the Greg Olsons. It's the Julius Peppers. It's the Jake DeLomes. The Steve Smiths. The Moose and Mahamas. Even hell, the Brad Hoovers. It's those guys. That's the identity of what this organization is. And I have to talk about this later this week. But like David Tepper has to remember. And not he might he doesn't know, but he has to find out what the identity of this organization was, and hold on to that, and not wash that away. And he's tried to be good with the player relations, all that kind of stuff. But the guy he has right now needs to understand like what this means here in, in Carolina. Like we're not this ain't no Bill Parcell stuff. There is a distinct identity here in Carolina. It's keep pounding. And Cam Newton understood that. And Cam Newton also understands that the people here in the city, he believes, are owed sustained success. And that's what we were promised. Now, no fan base is entitled to anything, which is very true. It's just sports, but it's football. But this, we've sat here for a long time, 27 seasons now, ain't had back-to-back winning seasons yet. Been to the Super Bowl twice, could have won one of them in 03, thought you were going to win the other one in 15, didn't happen. They've been to NFC title games. 
They've had success in the playoffs before. They've had good seasons, but at no point has it been consistently the way it's been when you look at what Kansas City's done over the last seven years and what Pittsburgh's done. They're going to the playoffs again. Mike Thomas ever had a losing season. What New England was able to build for 20 years. What you saw back in the past with Dallas and with San Francisco. That's what we want here in Carolina. And Cam Newton gets that. And he knows what it takes to do that. Unfortunately, he won't get the opportunity to do it here in his second stint as a Carolina Panthers quarterback, which sucks. We'll miss him. We'll always love him. And one day he'll come back here. We'll give him his flowers one more time and thank him for everything that he did. But in the meantime, it's time to move on, both for the sake of Cam Newton, really, and for the sake of our hearts and for the sake of, well, I can't say the Carolina Panthers organization, but still, it's time to move on. I wish Cam Newton the best of luck and, I hope wherever he goes that he's appreciated, that he's cherished, and I hope that he actually gets a real opportunity somewhere else. He at least proves to the the haters and the doubters out there that he can sit back here and be a team player and not pout on the sidelines because he's not playing. He can do that, and he'll be an active cheerleader for the team. Do I want him to be a sideline cheerleader and hold a clipboard and be a, a Blaine Gabbard at Chase Daniel? No, because he doesn't deserve that. But that might be what his career is here in the National Football League. Plenty of things to talk about the rest of the week here on the show. Of course, the OC um, conversation, the search. There's plenty of sources out there. Matt Rules is saying, well, we're going to talk all these different guys. Okay, well, there's going to be plenty of reporting. We'll get into all those reports. Uh, there's going to be guys who are going to be said they're going to be gone. I've uh, already seen a couple of those. Didn't really get into, into the show today, but we'll get into it the rest of the week. Also, Chris McCaffrey talked on Monday. Get into his situation um, whether he is going to be on a trade block with the future holds for free agents like Dante Jackson and Hassan Reddick, who also spoke to the media. Plenty of that to break down throughout the rest of the week here on Locked on Panthers as we are here in the 2022 offseason. We got two months until the start of free agency. Playoffs are going on starting this weekend with Super Wild Card Weekend. Unfortunately, the Carolina Panthers are not a part of it. But again, there is no offseason here on the Locked on Panthers podcast, so make sure to keep it locked right here with me, Julian Council. So for this edition of Locked on Panthers podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show again on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify and all the other places. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the offseason, I'm going to be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, so either at me or DM me at Julian Council. So go ahead and do that for me now. Get those into me by Thursday. We'll have them answered for Friday's show. In the meantime, take care. Take a deep breath. Matt Rule's here to stay. I know it sucks for a lot of you. Also, you know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll get it fixed. I don't know. Until Wednesday or until then, whenever I talk to you next, I'll talk to you or take care. Whatever. Goodbye. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.